This is episode number 51, and we're going to be giving you some further instructions on what we're going to do the rest of your life. And uh, and and whether you're going to be a farmer or a hunter, we'll give you those instructions later. And uh, <laughs> I have I have a couple of uh, co-hosts with me. I, I'm Mike, by the way, and I would kind of pity myself a, uh, a hunter, I guess. And... Uh, I have Stephen, are a farmer or hunter, man? What what are you? Oh, I, I'm probably more of a farmer, I think. I I've hunted some some mushrooms and some frogs in my day, but uh, for the most part, I like to I like to leave the the bigger animals alone. All right, and and uh, Corey, farmer or hunter, there, man? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm a bad hunter, actually. Not uh, <laughs> I don't have the patience for it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a pretty good fisherman, but I actually have worked on a farm before, so I probably not that I actually did anything with the soil, you know. But <laughs> I'll say farmer. I, that actually was my uh, brief occupation, farm hand, I guess. <laughs> I, you know, we we typically have a farm at my house, not a farm, but 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 a garden. So I, I can do that. I mean, I've been hunting before. I've I've got a deer mounted over here. I've I've been deer hunting, I've been squirrel hunting, I've been turkey hunting, I've been rabbit hunting, crow hunting, and <laughs> whatever and, uh, type there is, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I like them both, and uh, we 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 appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. And uh, if you want to check us out, uh, we we've got a ton of social media uh, kind of plugins where you can jump in on us. We've had a lot of people recently join. Uh, I've seen some people have joined the Facebook page. I've seen some people have joined the Instagram. Um, I've seen some – I keep getting notifications that people are joining our Twitter account and uh, and following us. And, uh, hey, we appreciate that. And uh, you can find uh, us on Twitter at Lost Rewatch Pod. Uh, the main network's at RetroZapped. Um, I'm on Twitter at the DC Mike. Uh, Steven, where are you at on Twitter? I am at Lucky13Steve on Twitter. And, uh, Corey, how about you? Yeah, I am at Original Mav on Twitter. What are you guys normally tweeting about recently? But mine is pretty much usually um, uh, hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. Um, <laughs> some, 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 somehow. <laughs> uh, there was but like some sort of big of uh, not what is it a trending thing about uh, Z- the best Zelda game the other day like the best yes, <laughs> so I, I was that. on I was on that and then uh been uh listening to a little bit of uh Rob has a podcast and if you've heard of that the survivor world they've yeah. been uh, going through with old seasons and re-ranking them everybody likes a ranking so I've been uh interacting with some of that content on there as well <laughs> oh see I've heard of that podcast I've never uh, I I've never watched Survivor I know the concept. I've just never seen it, uh, but I do listen to post show recaps pretty religiously. I have to say, even if you don't like Survivor, like mad respect to like that podcast network. Like, I mean, they've been doing it for ten over ten years, but like, yeah. to, they have people podcasting every single day of the like week. Yeah. Like, I don't like how could you talk so much about reality TV? I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, like they've well, got they... so many hosts. I'm like, it's insane. It's in, like they, it's like you know very well done well rob yeah. used to be on the walking dead podcast that they had there and that's i still listen to the walking dead one the fear of the walking dead and they just started one a while back called the community building podcast or rewatching the, sh- the community oh, uh, tv show. shows so so i'm, I'm re-watching <laughs> that with them too but it's 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 re- oh and they have an avatar the last airbender one too that's uh that, that's pretty awesome I don't know how they have all that time to do. I see like the post show. I'm like, I haven't even finished the Seinfeld one from years yeah. ago. I'm still working my way through that. Well, I, I I listen to them as well. I enjoy the uh, the MTV Real World Road Rules Challenge podcast. 
that oh, they have. Nice. That Rob has a website. Uh, shout out Allie and Brian. Uh, I, I enjoy that. We're getting a little crossover with Survivor now too. The uh, a lot of the Survivor people are going on to the challenge, so kind of learning some of the Survivor people from that. Oh, nice. That's awesome. And Survivor ties into Lost, the show. I think that I, I must have been into Survivor first as a kid. And then it was like, ooh, Lost. They're like on an island. But my reaction probably, I mean, I was probably, what, like 15 or four, 13 years old when Lost came out. I was probably like, yeah, but they're not really surviving like on Survivor. It's fake because it's a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, wasn't the wasn't the original plan uh you know the original idea for lost was supposed to be they wanted like a a scripted survivor and then you know jj abrams and damon just took it a whole nother direction but i think that was what abc was looking for was kind of a live action survivor i definitely yeah. think it was part of their pitch it like it was like survivor meets twilight zone it was something like that it was it was part of their uh their pitch it was like gilligan's island survivor like they named a couple of big shows like that and like survivor was getting like 50 million people for their finales (laughs) like it's insane of course like yes go towards the island setting like obviously it's it's gold and then lost was getting you know 20 million people uh for a couple of their finales or premieres so Obviously, it struck a chord with the American culture, you know, at that time, 2004 oh, yeah. to two. I mean, Survivor started in 2000. So, like, that was, like, good timing, you know, for oh, yeah. Lost. Well, Post Show Recaps and Rob has a podcast, a whole network over there. Uh, probably some of my favorite podcasts uh, through, you know, th- th- throughout the week to listen to. So, congrats on them and the longevity they've been doing. It's been great. And they're doing a Lost one, too, called Down the Hatch. So, I mean... It, it's it's uh it's great. Of course, now they're they're going a little faster than we are. Yeah, they're they move at a quicker pace than us. Yes. Uh, uh, but we're here to talk about this episode this time. So again, that's all on Twitter. We do have an Instagram, previously on Lost podcast. We do have a Facebook. Uh, check find previously on Lost on Facebook. Go to retrosapp.com for everything. I'm ready to talk about this episode because I think we may have a split down the middle on how we feel about this episode. Um, it, it's it's a controversial one, but it's also a good one in some people's minds. So we're 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 gonna we're gonna talk about it. So let's go ahead and dig into further instructions. Corey, tell us a little bit about what's going on here. Yeah, before I even like really get into it, uh, further instructions. I mean, you said in the opening. We'll give you guys further instructions uh, for the rest of your life, <laughs> which I was like, hey, I'll take that. Just tell me what to do, man, uh, which is the reason it's funny is I was just like talking on the phone with my brother like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to figure out like the best thing to do here. It was like completely unrelated. And I was like, yeah, I got to get off. Like, uh, you know, I hadn't talked from, for him with him for a while, but I was like, I got this lost podcast. We're doing further instructions. He's like, oh, yeah, like. You know, like, how do they, you know, with Terry O'Quinn, like, how do you have a bad episode when it's like a lock episode? Yeah. And he and this is what he said. I don't know if he was right at all, but he said, isn't that the one that messes up all the continuity with the island and like the other stuff? Like, it doesn't make sense with the lore. And I was like, I don't know, but that's just a little tease. Maybe I don't know what he was hmm. referring to because I had to get off the phone because I was already late over here. But uh you know, maybe as we talk about that, maybe that does make some sense. Uh, hmm. uh, anyways, uh, so <clears throat> let's get to where we are on the island here. This is day 68. We've been uh, we've been with the uh, the Losties. And to begin the episode, we have our little previously on Lost. So previously on, previously on Lost, Locke claims the island summoned the survivors for a reason. Locke watches the Pearl orientation film and um, and complains to Echo. Uh, Echo expels Locke from the hatch. Locke recruits Desmond for help, and they force a lock down. <laughs> the timer reaches zero, and the s- system failure ensues. And we know what happens after that. I was right, wrong. Steve- <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was great. Uh, Steven, take us away. <laughs> All right. We got season three, episode three here. Uh, first aired October 18th of 2006. 
directed by Stephen Williams, written by Carlton Cuse and Elizabeth Sarnoff. Uh, summary, they're moving, while moving back to the other side of the island, the fate of Locke, Echo, and Desmond is revealed. Meanwhile, Hurley returns to camp to deliver the message from the others. All right. And the only episode fact we have for this episode that was relevant really was this. This is the lowest rated episode to have Locke-centric flashbacks. (laughs) And that is that is significant because Locke is considered to be I mean, not necessarily. Many people say he's the best character. I would say that's there's a strong argument for that. Uh, But more importantly, people usually agree that he has like the best episodes like like he is like overall, like every one of them besides this one is a very solid episode. (laughs) Yeah, they usually move this like the whole story along. And they're really emotional, and you have great performances, usually by Terry O'Quinn, a lot of times Michael Emerson. So there's a lot of good stuff in there, usually. And this is like a weird buddy episode with Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, I think we've discussed on the last two episodes that the the flashbacks here, starting off season three, are a little um, rough, I guess you would say. Yeah, Yeah, we had a, you know, kind of a rough Jack backstory um and then who who do we have uh yeah the son and jen not their finest moments no and, it really wasn't and this i wouldn't say Locke is as dislikable in the episode as jack and son have been in the last two but i mean it it was an interesting backstory for sure yeah actually upon rewatching this I feel like the, the the flashback is I mean it's not great but it's it's fine like I, my issues with this episode are less to do with the flashback. I don't think the flashbacks do any favors. Like it's not like oh they saved that episode. Like what was the one with Sawyer um you know and the frog and the the the, the pig <laughs> like that, that had such, wasn't terrible. No no but I'm saying the opposite. That had such good flashback that even though the regular island story was like you know it was fine it just wasn't amazing like it, the flashback held it up this you had a so-so island episode and then a so-so flashback and so it just like was you know the sorry sandwich i don't know if what to call it but yeah you know i i don't know I, I'm not I'm not I'm not too down on this version of Locke and uh, and we can we can kind of talk about that. So let's let's talk about this then. Let's talk about the good, the bad and um, the ugly of this episode. And uh, so let's just let's start with Locke's flashbacks. So Locke picks up this hitchhiker. We find out Locke's on this compound. The compound's in trouble. Locke loses his place blah 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 we know he likes eating peaches um that was that was good i worked at a i worked at a peach orchard for a while so i really related to that scene that was great (laughs) except like they picked like so few peaches like i mean come on you could heap that thing up like right (laughs) so what do we think about these flashbacks of Locke? i'll i'll give credit to like for doing something different like it was a little different um like that's that's why i first have to say steven you sound like you had a a good uh take there well no i was just saying it, to me this this episode kind of it, it was more about Locke's, you know psyche and and who he kind of a more of a character study in Locke rather than some of the real emotional beats of the stuff that's been with his father that you know most of his flashbacks involve either helen or his father um, and, you know, those, those are pretty strong emotions. This is kind of more, I think, just kind of evaluate who Locke is, you know, the the whole the question, the big question is, oh, you know, are you a hunter or a farmer? But, you know, we we see Locke get, you know, kind of duped by an FBI agent. But, you know, it starts off just kind of looking like, a you know, just a buddy comedy. He kind of relates to this guy because. He, you know, tells him he has problems with his father. Like, kind of relates to him on that. Um, so I, I just see, like, this was more just kind of a 
who Locke is episode. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, I like a lot of the first half of this flashback. The final scene is like a little like, what the heck? I mean, so basically the moral of the story here is that John is a good guy, but he's also gullible, which is like (laughs) stuff we already know about Locke. And like, yeah, maybe like they we're going to learn more and more how gullible he is, like um, to his demise, like throughout the next couple of seasons. It's like more heavy, like later on um, with with Ben involved, because Ben deceives him a lot. But, yeah, I just, I didn't really, I didn't like the ending that much. It's just kind of, like, corny, like, how Eddie just, like, walks away. So, I mean, for those who don't remember, and you guys, you know, so Eddie is, like, this guy, hitchhiker he picks up, and he turns out to be an undercover cop the whole time. Which, actually, I thought he was a good character. Like, that was the positive part about this flashback, is, like, he made a good character, and it was an interesting relationship and it's obviously supposed to mirror kind of his relationship that he had with Boone on the island. Um, yeah. This kind of father-son relationship in a way. Okay. So I'm going to pick a little bit of a controversial stance on this. I actually like this flashback of Locke. And and, 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 and here's why. I know a lot of people may, may not, and, and I get that. I understand that. Here's why I like it. I To the whole premise of the flashback was are you a farmer are you a hunter a hunter is somebody who goes for what they know they need to go for and gets things done a farmer is one who just kind of sits around and just kind of waits and 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 Mm. deals with patience i don't think the appropriate thing was you can't characterize john as a farmer or as a hunter because in different times in our lives, as well as different parts in John's life that we'll see on the island and off the island, there are times he's a farmer and he needs patience, and there are times he's a hunter, and and that needs to be done. So, for example, you know, in 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 the issue with the sweat lodge, that was a predicament. He was a farmer. He could just go out and do what he needed to do. He needed to just figure out what did he need to do. He had to wait. Then he went out hunting to find Echo. And he was a hunter. He was taking charge. He was going. And and you see that. So I think it's a symbolic gesture that there are different times in our life that we're a farmer, and then there are different times in life we're a hunter. At that moment in John's life, John was a farmer because the moment before he was a hunter when he was dealing with his with um 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 I can't remember that fool's name now. Um, it slipped my mind. Who, who who's his daddy's name? I can't remember his dad's name now. Um, Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Not really Sawyer, but well, right. I don't know why it's, it's Anthony yeah. Cooper. There we go. Anthony, Anthony Cooper. <laughs> so so the whole thing, Anthony Cooper, is he gets he gets coerced because he's easily done that. We see that in his profile by Eddie in this one. We find out he's he's easily co- coerced and. And he gets his kidney stolen, and then what happens? He becomes the hunter now. He says, I want to get back at Anthony. I want to find out. I want to see him. He, he Then he goes for his relationship with Helen, and he ends up – he pushes too far as a hunter and loses that relationship. So now he's at a place where he's like, just going to wait. And he's in that holding pattern, that, that, that farming setting. And then you see after he comes out of this, where's eventually he's going to land up? He's going to land up in the – australia trying to go on this 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 spirit walk so he's hunting something so i don't think it's necessarily you're always going to be a farmer or a hunter i think there are different periods in your life and that's where john's at now is at this moment in his life in the in the flashback he's a farmer but in the island right at the moment he's a hunter you know mike i am amazed that you are able to pull away some unbelievable depth out of that and i'm not like i'm not joking like i'm i'm kind of like i i feel like you actually pulled out some like good meaning out of the episode that may have been there for us to pick up maybe maybe not but like i feel like a lot of people would not um be able to see that but it does make sense and i i i felt like this flashback left us kind of like thinking is there more to this like they like they kind of cut it 
yeah short i mean i could have done without i mean i'm not usually champion champion for longer flashbacks but there's so much of this island story that you could just cut out the first whole 15 (laughs) minutes we'll get into that it's like the Whedon version of Justice League. Something felt wrong and missing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there is a, that is kind of an interesting dynamic of Locke as the hunter versus the farmer. And who is like, what is his real, you know, kind of identity, I guess. Because, uh, you know, there's more to him just like he's the gullible guy, you know. So it, I, I think this flashback has some troubles because... Like the other characters are like annoying. Like they're not flushed out. Like a good lock flashback. Like good flashbacks in general have, you know, three to four like kind of interesting characters for someone yeah. to interact with. Basically, it's just Eddie. The two people who are like the you know whatever, the you know head in charge of the commune, just seem like jerks and they're like kind of one dimensional. I guess they have one scene where they seem like so welcoming and almost like kind of creepy. And then they just kind of seem like jerks later. So it felt like Locke had gotten involved in a cult. Yeah, there's no depth. But like, I wanted to learn, a, like, kind of get a vibe from these people. Like, why is Locke with them? Because I do think the interesting part of this flashback is to like kind of think about Locke's whole story on a bigger scale. Like, oh, when did he like go and do this? Like that. It does give us a little bit of like, oh, like this is kind of uh, similar to Locke's, like, whatever, you want a serenity with the island, you know, may- wandering the woods outside the commune, you know, maybe Locke, you know, kind of, like, fell in love with this forest, similar to how he falls in love with the island. So I do kind of like that connection. But I just, I don't get, like, those other characters, they just mean absolutely nothing to me. So, yeah, um, I mean, I know it's a flashback, you don't have a lot of time to, like, develop characters, but it just seemed like, there was some kind of missing opportunities there. It it definitely to me feels like there should have, in a, a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of flashbacks we get, we kind of learn the aftermath later, and it kind of always felt like we needed, we should have learned the aftermath of this story, and we just never did. That's um, true. And I mean, you know, the the feds are involved here. There's, you know, a you know drug you know, they're, they're looking for. So it felt like there should have been some fallout from this that we never saw. And, you know, I could again, come back to the fact that at the time they made this episode, they didn't know when they were going to end the series. And shortly, you know, coming up here, they're going to decide when they're going to end the series. And that, you know, that's something that maybe if the series would have dragged on for a while, they could have touched on this one again, but, um, but I mean, I had a hard time looking at this flashback without looking at the entirety of Locke's story. And it, it's always struck me that he was one of the, just the most tragic characters in this show. Cause you're, you start off, you really think this is the guy that knows every, you know, he knows a little bit about everything. He's a hunter. He's a survivor. You really think this guy knows what he's doing, but we slowly just learn the the part where, you know, he finds out that the, the psych profile said he was, amenable to coercion it's just it's so painful for him to to see him hear that knowing where he ends up and kind of how his actual story ends right um that it, you know it's kind of hard to watch so it was nice seeing Locke kind of in a good spot here you know he's always kind of looking for family and he you know he found a little one here that he felt like was family even though they didn't really stick by him when things got rough but so I mean, it, it was nice to see him in a good spot and it was kind of painful to see you know see him learn the truth of the situation yeah it there's always uh some sort of painful moment in any lock lock <laughs> flashback but uh it was like he was happy at the beginning he was like this was like confident lock um <laughs> and uh i liked that so there there was some fun stuff at the beginning you like you know, happy-go-lucky lock. I will say, go ahead. What I was going to say was I really did appreciate that part of the flashback where the cop pulls him over. (laughs) He says, what you got in back truck? Ah, just some guns and groceries. Just, like, (laughs) nonchalant. (laughs) I love that part. 
I I enjoyed it too, but did we ever find out like what was the story with the gun? Why did he have the guns? It was just just you I'm know part of protect protection, the, I guess. The the, <laughs> the, the, the the drugs and stuff they were growing at the at, at the cult compound. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Hunting, I don't know. I guess you know he had all the paperwork. Which okay, this is <laughs> this I brings me to an interesting point. This is a little Corey. Corey trivia that I pulled up, you know, or I, I discovered on my own. I can't even find it on Lostpedia. And if you look closely, <clears throat> watch, it's probably actually on there. I didn't look that hard. But if you look closely at the paperwork, when the cop is, is flipping through the gun, you know, whatever stuff, uh, one of the pages, you can see it says Jonathan Locke yeah. uh, for his name. When the heck? Did they ever call him Jonathan in the whole series? Like his name is not Jonathan. Like I, so is that his alter ego? <laughs> not a very creative <laughs> alter ego, but like they actually show John's birth scene and his mother cries out, "Name him John, John!" And like you look through all of the Lostpedia stuff, nobody ever calls him Jonathan. There's no <laughs> thing that ever says. Well, his full name is Jonathan. It's always just John. So maybe maybe that's what they wrote down as his legal name on the birth certificate was Jonathan, but nobody ever called him that. I don't know. Kind I mean, of like, kind of like, kind of like my full legal name is Michael, but I always go by Mike. Yeah, but did your mom like let's name him Mike or was it Michael? It's <laughs> like I don't know. I just see like with the mom saying like name him John. It to me that was pretty clear that. It's John, not Jonathan, but maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that, so that was one thing I noticed. Uh, you know, so Locke picks up the hitchhiker. It's curious. Have you guys ever picked up a hitchhiker nope. before? Never no. done it. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, not a good idea. I did it once in my hometown, and it was like it was picking up a guy, a couple guys who had like inner tubes. Like they were they were like floating on in the river on the river. You know, this is in Oregon. People love to. Yeah, I'm sure they do it everywhere. Float the river, right? And it looked like they had a long way to walk. They're sunburnt, and I pick them up. Horrible idea. Like, one of the guys, or maybe both of them were, like, drunk or half drunk, and one guy had a broken arm. That's why he got out of the river. He's like, I got in a fight last night, and, uh, like, so my <laughs> arm hurts so bad I can't paddle. And <laughs> then the worst thing is, this is rule number one of hitchhiking. You hitch the way you're going. Not that I've ever done it. But, like, I was going one way, and they're like... You know, actually, could you take us back the other way? And I drove them 15 minutes the opposite direction. Like, this was the worst. Like, why are you going this side of the street if you wanted me to take you home? Like, well, we were just going to go to the end. But, like, now that you stopped, we'll, you know, go the other way. We had, we had a girl when I was in high school uh, that would pick up um, – she would leave for school early in the morning and she would pick up and she was a senior and she'd pick up the homeless people on the side of the street in her car by herself and take them to like Shoney's and buy them breakfast and then drop them back off. And eventually her dad looked at her and said, you've got to stop picking up random people <laughs> on the street and putting them in your car and taking them to get something to eat. Just go buy them a meal and bring it to them. <laughs> yeah, probably the wiser idea. Right. Know. Oh my! One of them could have been an undercover cop, you know. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> uh, okay, speaking of the cop, can can you guys tell if Eddie is a cop? I feel like this is a fun question for a lot of like lost episodes because like we now know it's like so easy to t- kind of tell by there's a few points where like oh I can I can identify it there when he's like thank you thank you like it's a little like over the top you can tell he's like acting obviously he's acting but. The first I, time, could you tell? I felt something was off with him the first time I watched it when he got in the truck and said why he's hoping to get to the next town just to find some work. Um, something just felt off the way he said it, and I'm like, okay, something, something's up with this guy. Maybe he's, I don't know, maybe I, I just don't know. So the whole time I thought when he got to the compound, he was just trying to steal the money or the drugs or whatever else mm-hmm. they were growing there. And that's what he was doing, was trying to steal all that. I never thought he was a cop at the beginning. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I don't think I thought so either. I, I'm, I think I'm better at noticing these things now, like years later from like watching so much Lost and like analyzing it to the smallest detail. When I first watched this show, like I was like the sucker for like what? Like no, I never saw that coming. <laughs> so, I think I don't know. Do you guys have anything else on? 
the flashback? That's all I got on my notes here. No, I don't. Do you, Steven? No, no, no. I think we can probably move <laughs> on to the Losties camp. <laughs> so, what do you got about the Losties camp, Steven? Uh, well, you know, again, we're we're kind of like last season where it took a few episodes to unpack the season finale. We're still kind of unpacking the season two finale here. So I'm glad we finally, you know, g- get to this you know, after we've seen what happened to Jack and Kate and Sawyer. And now we've seen what happened to Saeed and Son and Jen. Now we get to find out what happened at the hatch. <laughs> I enjoyed Locke waking up and almost getting clobbered by the, the Jesus stick. Um, (laughs) then we just kind of see Desmond, you know, running through the, running through the jungle. Um, then, you know, then we get Locke going to, you know, we find out he can't talk and he goes back to the, the Charlie's church. And then we get a kind of a fun, you know, we get some more John and Charlie, which provided some really good moments. Season one, some not great moments season two, but we, we finally get back to this Locke and Charlie dynamic, and I kind of enjoyed that part of it. Mm, really? I I did. I, I enjoyed Charlie telling him, did you forget I, I hate you? <laughs> In case, you, you know, he's I, asking him for help. and <laughs> I, I did like that. I just, I felt like Charlie was extremely smug to John in this episode. But I like I feel like John deserves that on um, how he treated Charlie last season. Oh, I don't I, know. I enjoy I enjoyed Charlie this episode. <laughs> well, yeah, I think John kind of deserves it. He made this whole mess of the. Okay, hash. I can. Okay, I can. I can get behind that. I personally did not like Charlie this this episode. I thought I thought Charlie could have gotten punched in the face in the water again this episode it would not have bothered me <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> no i didn't like charlie's episode i understand the dynamic the chemistry of them there needs to be some re-bridge building and i understand that 100 percent between the two and i felt by the end charlie and john had come back to a a, a amicable you know set up with one another again but the beginning, man, when he's asking him to stand guard, I just could stand Charlie. I could not stand Charlie. <laughs> See, I I loved also the scene where he said, you know, he asked he asked Locke if he was doing drugs. He <laughs> said, you know, I'm only asking because of the strict <laughs> no tolerance policy you put. Like I just, I thought Charlie was good. on. I that thought he was good. on this episode. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, Charlie had a lot of good zingers. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good one. Locke like doesn't respond at all. I think uh, Locke kind of likes that he can't talk to some degree with some of Charlie's lines. And then Locke proceeds to eat these drugs like it's like frosting. He's like a kid, like like getting the frosting out of the container and just like, you know, I was like, dude, like hold back a little bit there. He's eating the whole thing. He has this nice little hallucination and sees food and. Where did he learn to make all these pastes? The paste he put on Boone's head in the first season, this paste he's eating. Maybe he learned it all at the commune. Do we think it was the same paste? I think it is because when Boone had it on his head, Boone hallucinated. Yeah. This was John hallucinating too. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like uh, I guess it could be. Maybe he lit how to make hallucinating gel or paste. <laughs> I, I I I I don't know. I um I didn't mind the sweat lodge. I didn't mind the airport scene with Boone. Unfortunately, my problem watching this episode when I was watching the episode with Boone and Locke is like, I wonder how I wonder how cold the airport would have been if I didn't have a shirt on sitting in a wheelchair. <laughs> Like that was like my legit thought while watching this. I'm like, I wonder if he's cold. <laughs> I don't know. I could have got a thought out of my head. <laughs> oh my gosh, that whole scene. I gotta say something. We'll talk about that scene, but I just I gotta get this off my chest. I don't get the start of this episode. Like, okay, the season two finale, the hatch explodes. The sky turns purple. We're wondering, 
what the heck happened? Like that's that was the main part of that episode. Two episodes in, still don't know what happened. They just completely bury the lead on this episode. The yada yada, the best parts. What we <laughs> want to know is we want to see the stupid hatch. Show us the hatch. It takes like 15, 20 minutes before they actually show the hatch. Like you get the <laughs> iconic scene of Charlie and Locke looking down. That should have been the first one minute, first 30 seconds. The Jesus stick, then Locke runs out to check the hatch. Then we should have seen Desmond run around naked in the forest. Then Hurley should have gotten back. That all should have happened within two minutes. Like they waste this like episode with the sweat lodge, all this stuff. Like he lost his speech. Like that's just like a stupid TV trope. Like I can't speak for like half an episode. Like, and uh, you know, we get this like interesting story about what happened with uh, Desmond. He's talking, telling Hurley, they yada yada over that too. And they focus like this whole point is that Locke needs to save uh, Echo, and Echo is going to die within two episodes, and the island or the smoke monster is going to kill Echo. Why even save Echo? Like, what's the point? Like, why did he need to be told the island? Like, the whole point of this episode is that Locke needs to say, I'm sorry for blowing up the hatch, and, like, we need to have, like, grumpy Locke transform back into regular Locke. Like, that is actually, that's what happens in this episode. That's, like, we get to point B is at the end when he, like, apologize. He, like, talks to Charlie, and then he apologizes to echo and he says i'm sorry like you were right i was wrong like i should have done that and echo says go save the other people that's like the whole point of the episode everything else like is just getting to that point and i don't know why the writers think like we need to do like this whole like spirit lodge like go through this process go spray the stupid polar bear with uh hairspray and fire like they just made this so difficult when all you had to do is show people what they've been waiting to see, like what happened in the aftermath, but they just filled it with so much like other stuff. It's, uh, it's so irritating. Sorry. That was my rant. I'm done. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand why. And then to top it all off, we got Nikki and Paulo who make their entrance. Come and on. Just, they just dumbfound everyone. Like the good part at the end is supposed to be Locke's speech, right? And it's totally, you forget, you stop listening to anything in the speech because you're like, who the heck are these people? Yeah, like, we never saw them before. <laughs> Let's introduce ru- some new characters halfway through the yeah, show. it absolutely ruins the moment. It ruins, like, the end of the episode, too. So it's just, like, there's some good stuff in between. Like, and, like, uh, Terry O'Quinn, of course, is going to be entertaining. And, you know, the, you know, Locke and Charlie, even if, you know, there's some some bad stuff that's happened between that. Like this, like they're still fun together. Like so, I just I feel like the actors made this into a pretty deep, like an okay episode. But like I don't know what the heck they were thinking with the writers. I mean, I mean, do you, like, we could talk about the dream sequence like that. You know, that's kind of what well, spurned and, that whole thing. And and and, and well. to me, what what makes it even more. <clears throat> confounded to me is that the fact that it was written by Carlton Cuse and Elizabeth Sarnoff, who were known for doing really good episodes, really, really good episodes. And, um, and, and it just makes me that those two are the ones who wrote this episode. Yeah. I guarantee you one of them must've had like a really life changing experience in a sweat lodge. And they're like, we got to get this in the episode. Definitely and it just Carlton did not Cuse translate. <laughs> Probably. Here's um, here's my thoughts on the dream sequence. I think some of it is kind of cool. Like some of it's fun. Like it's fun to watch now, like years later. Oh look, like Harley is the whatever at the at the desk, and he's like typing the numbers in. Like that stuff's kind of like interesting. This like bizarro, um, you know, world. This is what they base the whole Flash sideways on. Actually, uh, it was this dream sequence. Yeah. Uh, but. Again, to me, I've said this before, these sequences, they, they don't feel like Lost. Like the, the tone and like the style, like Lost has a very specific style, the way they film the stuff on the island, the way they film the flashbacks. And this just does not feel like the same show, in my opinion, right. when you're watching the se- sequence. So I don't, I don't like it really. I agree. I agree. Plus, who I... wants to go up an escalator with your bare <laughs> chest? Like that's just... <laughs> 
demoralizing. So that was Corey's rant. We, I think I, I, I think we've all had a rant in this show so far. Oh, well, I, I gotta say, looking, I remember when watching the flat that airport scene. I, I, I agree. I, I think I just thought it was weird at the time, but now looking back, knowing what everyone actually is going through, I think. I think it's actually a pretty good scene. It, the the stuff that Boone says, you know, makes sense now. You know, they're fine. You know, Charlie and Claire, they're fine for now. Um, you know, Saeed's got this dealing with Jen and Sons. So, like, I thought that that stuff was interesting. Seeing how this vision Boone, you know, knows all this. So. I mean, maybe that's the part your brother was was talking about, about. You know, I don't know how this fits with the continuity of the show. How this, you know, this dream sequence that, yeah, like how Locke would know any of this in his subconscious, or if it's actually the island manifesting itself as Boone explaining this to him. I mean, trying to figure out what's actually happening here. I don't think we ever get a answer. I mean, you're, you're kind of just drawing your own conclusions. Well, obviously, the smoke monster is coming out of Locke inside the sweat lodge and subconsciously showing <laughs> him this dream sequence. <laughs> but if he, if he was already the smoke monster, he wouldn't need this dream sequence. He would already know what's happening. Well, when well he had to distract Locke long enough so that he could get out so he so he can kill Echo in a couple episodes. <laughs> and actually using a sweat lodge, his sweat will evaporate and create a second smoke monster. Absolutely. It's 100% accurate. <laughs> it mixed in with the sweat. I mean, with, with, the, with the steam from when he poured the water on the fire. He just kind of – no. Oh, you know, I – as far as the Losties camp go, I didn't really have any mini stories that I really liked. It is good to see Hurley again after a few episodes, <clears throat> although we almost saw the last of Hurley if he didn't have his canteen up. That is, that is, that is a great <laughs> gift, by the way. Uh, the night Dude. Dude. <laughs> well, so. I, I did think that the Desmond-Hurley stuff was interesting. I remember – um, you know, watching that, trying to, you know, how Desmond knew about this speech before it happened. You know, we get the first inclination that that Desmond has some sort of power he has got through through what happened in the hatch um, to see the future. I, I thought that part of the episode was pretty interesting, and we're definitely going to see some more of that coming up. Yeah, but I, I did enjoy that. He's out the the part with Hurley's shirt too and desmond was <laughs> yeah i, I mean that's that. some classic Whoa, some dude. classic comedy there <laughs> yeah. i feel like those are some classic scenes like that and and when they come come across the hatch and uh, you know my gripe was like why wait 20 minutes to have like the i don't know but i've already said I, that I, I agree i agree with your rant about the the implosion of the hatch they really did bury the lead on that one i, I definitely agree that they just kind of just blew by that whole, oh, the hatch imploded part of it. It should have been a bigger deal. Yeah, and then came back. I mean, I guess, you know, they, they could have put it at the beginning versus the middle, but it doesn't matter that much. Uh, no. <laughs> One other thing I'll, I'll say, I never liked this bear. And, you know, the I, the, something about the their polar bear CGI – terrible yeah it, it did not work well this scene i think there was another time we saw a, a bear running through the woods where the the polar bears cgi just it wasn't always up to snuff i remember there was a there's a picture somewhere i don't think it was this episode but one of the previous times we saw a polar bear there's a picture on lostpedia of the action they actually tried to use a, a big stuffed polar bear and kind of you can see it in the scene. I forget which episode the, that was. I think it's was. the pilot, actually. Is that the the pilot when we saw that they used an actual, like, big stuffed polar bear? But th- this was not good. Well, I, actually, I think the story briefly behind that, that stuffed bear picture is they used the polar bear, and it was such a hyper, you know, cut, like, quick thing that you couldn't tell at all. And it was in the original trailer for Lost, 
and people slowed it down frame by frame. And like this was probably not done as much with because technology wasn't it wasn't as easy to do that. And they paused it right on that and took a picture post on the Internet. And so they that's when they went. So before it never even aired, I think, with that, they went and changed it to the CGI bear instead of the stuffed bear. But then the CGI bear is like pretty bad, too, you know, in a lot of other um, episodes. Lost Lost does a very good job on almost everything, but I think we we can have a a few gripes about an occasional CGI polar bear. Yeah, I'm sure it's expensive to like film in Hawaii and all that stuff and. And that scene of Saeed and the getting dropped off on the side of the road. That was the other one. And the submarine season five finale is a little, like weird when it goes into the water. But I think those aren't that. I mean, it's, it's television. Minor gripes. Especially, Minor gripes. Especially at that point. But yeah, this bear, it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, that was going to be part of my rant. I guess I didn't like, go into that. But like, it seems like they're like, hey, we haven't brought the bear in for quite a while. We better just like throw it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of like the reminder that like the bear is still there like I don't mind like, having a polar bear like I think the one of the cooler parts is like when Locke first goes into the bear cave or whatever and you like there's like a bunch of bodies everywhere. it's like it's intense there's, like Dharma people uh, okay and one cool part about this episode we finally maybe we see it in we see it in other episodes but we see Locke actually build his torch he like has like a little box a tin box that has like this you know material soaked in like kerosene i have to say good continuity or whatever you want to call it for lost because i've never seen in a single movie a single show like all all of a sudden they just magically create a torch that stays lit for like an hour (laughs) uh like how how did you just make because if anybody's like tried to make a torch like just with like wood and stuff like it is not easy so just want to credit the show for actually showing a real torch being built by Locke there. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Which happens to be his weapon of choice with the hairspray. <laughs> yes. And it gives us the the another great Charlie moment with the you know when Locke's getting the hairspray and what mm-hmm. he say like I hate to break it to you, John. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know he's like it's, That's it's not for funny. me. <laughs> this was a really funny episode. I got, I gotta say, I I thought that was a funny episode. There is some good also, humor. We got one of the classic lines that you know they're like the Einsteins of the bear community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hurley did. A, I mean, uh, Charlie did a lot of watching uh, the Beeb. The Beeb. The Beeb. <laughs> Nature shows, and yeah, so you know we got the polar bear. Um, was there anything else in that? Like, it, it happens so quickly. He like takes down the polar bear, and then it's like over, and they pull. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Not, not, not to me. Yeah, I, I just, I hate what they do to Mister Echo in season three. Man, I, he was my favorite part of season two, and man, they, they just, I don't know. He's incapacitated here by the bears, and we just, we never really get back to to full strength Echo before he's taken from us. So I I wish we would have got more Echo here. The begin you know if they only had him for five episodes, I wish we would have got a little bit more Mister Echo. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I have a question. What is with the Tonka truck? The uh... The, the little toy truck that's in the cave is that any reference to that anybody understand maybe, that reference no i mean maybe maybe one of the kids was running around and found the cave and left it in there that was part of the dharma initiative and uh-huh. it never we, got recovered because dharma people went bye-bye yeah, that was a. Uh, if any listeners, if you guys have any more information <laughs> on this truck, like, was that supposed to be somebody's from the luggage, or was it just like random in there? Because I mean, it's uh, other. The other stuff is seems like older. I mean, again, with Dharma, they could have a right. toy truck Dharma times too, but seemed like a different era there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we never go back to the bear cave, so you know, rest in peace. It was kind of. It would be interesting. To, 
you know, the bear's dead if they went back in there, like some random episode, like, oh, yeah, we need this random thing in here. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you mentioned it earlier, the the Desmond Hurley scene. But just like to say a little bit more, like, it's such a cool like knowing what's going to happen with this story. And I will say, as a viewer, I did not like see where this story was going at all. And I was like, he's not going to have powers like no way. Like they won't do that. Uh, of course they're going to do that. Like kind of powers, quote unquote, but it's just like a little breadcrumb. The whole like, Oh, locks gave a great speech, you know? Um, and then you see the speech at the end. You're like, what the heck? Like, that was weird. Like, and it's just kind of like, <laughs> they just tease us into this storyline the next couple episodes. So I love, I love that part. All right. Anything else before we head into some ratings and some in memoriams? Uh, yeah, I, I just have a couple like quick notes here. I wanted to. I do like that John like basically goes Rambo mode like on the tarp at the beginning. Like I need to cut this down and make a sweat lodge. Like it's just like destroying it. Like it's just, it was pretty satisfying. And then he like his little charades with Charlie like to explain that he needs to speak to the island. Like I, that is kind of like cool. That's kind of a cool. Like I, like I said, the, the whole like not being able to talk kind of like takes me out of the episode as a, as a viewer, but I still like that. I don't know if you guys noticed, like in one of the scenes, Charlie's basically standing under like they made like a circus tent thing, like to cover like the whole kitchen area. I don't know if we ever get that angle earlier. I saw but that. It's like a parachute or something. I don't know what it was, but it's pretty impressive. So. It reminded me of my childhood when you do that whole parachute and you go under the thing, you know, as a kid, mm-hmm. parachute. Well, they, uh, well, well, you know, they had to protect all those boxes of food from getting wet. That's a good point, yeah. And with Boone's return, like, do you, was this was this a pretty big deal at the time? Do you guys remember? I was just curious about that. Um, I don't remember. I, I I I think I remember that it being a you know something that they teased on. I, I mean, I think they showed in the previews coming up that that Boone would be back, if I recall, and everybody was kind of excited about that. Yeah, I mean, we still hadn't lost a lot of main characters at this point, and to get you know one of them back was was kind of fun. Yeah, I, I think it was cool. I think I probably enjoyed it like at the time, like now, like knowing that you're going to get them back again later, like it's not as like, important. Um, you know, he looks so different too with the long hair, but. Uh, I do like him if calling I, out La, Locke, you know, the sacrifice the island demanded. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I feel like there, I read stories about how that there was a wig. He His hair was very different for whatever he was filming, probably Vampire Diaries, and they had to, to get a wig. But I, I think that everybody's kind of made fun of that wig. Um, yeah, his, his hair definitely looked a little awkward on that one. <laughs> So it would not surprise me if he uh, if he was wearing a wig or something. I feel bad for whoever like did the wigs on Lost because I feel like that's our most consistent criticism. Is like, what the <laughs> heck's with that wig, man? Well, John John's wig was pretty good. He 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 did all right. Yeah, I guess that one was pretty good. He had the hat on in this whole flashback too, so that oh yeah, mystery. Uh, I will. I have to say the. The flash or the the dream sequence. At some point, we should rate like the if we want to the uh, visions and the dreams in Lost. Oh. I feel like this has got to be like the lowest, like one of the lowest. I mean, there's the Teresa falls up the stairs, she falls down the stairs. There's the the Horus. Horus one has to be the coolest. Like I like when they actually incorporate the island into the vision. Like that's my preference because it it kind of messes with you. Like wait. Was that real or was that the vision, like a vision? So uh, just throwing that out there for a future uh, thing. And for as much as I crapped on that flashback, I once used, I remembered like watching this, like the music is so intense and so cool. I actually once used the music from that sequence, like in a short film when I was in college. And uh, it was a really weird movie. It wasn't very good, but. Yo, there's a lot <laughs> of dreams and visions. <clears throat> Yeah, well, maybe that'll be some side uh, side fun <laughs> ranking we could do sometime. <laughs> All the visions, because there's some good, uh, there's some highs and lows. So yeah, 
Yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting. It's interesting set. I like that idea. I like it. All right. In memoriam time. <laughs> yeah, I added a couple of things. <laughs> In memoriam to the commune. You were great while it lasted, but you're really full of crap now. Yeah. And uh, appreciate that. And then the countless polar bear victims. It never <laughs> made it. Yeah, a little shout out to all those people that their skeletons are remaining there. <laughs> Oh my! All right, so we're gonna we're gonna rate this episode now on what we thought, and Corey came up with our rating system this week. So Corey, what do we got this week? Yeah, we're gonna use a balance of two items here. It's, it may be a little harder to uh, to work out, but I think we'll we'll be fine. So we're gonna rate this um, between one and twenty three. Uh, one and twenty three guns and groceries, <laughs> as Locke so eloquently put it earlier. Hey, all I got are guns and groceries. That's all. That's all that's in there. I dig it. Uh, okay. Mike, do you want to go first? Yeah, so I've probably got the lowest score um, out of us. I, uh, I, I, I'm almost in single digits on this number. I gave it a 10 out of 23 guns and groceries. And for me, what saved it, was the analogy of the hunter and farmer that lost learned that 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 Locke learned, um, but I was I, I I was very disappointed in the episode. I felt like it really didn't progress anything. I did kind of feel like you said there was just some. It felt like some parts of the story were missing that did that the story just didn't make sense without, or it just it felt incomplete. Kind of like you know we tell people. I tell people if you're gonna watch Batman versus Superman, don't watch the crappy theatrical version. Watch the Ultimate Edition, which is actually the good one. And um, and and it just it was so close to being just a single digit episode. There are gonna be some single digit episodes, and one of them's coming up this season. Um, so <laughs> with that with that one that one may not even get scored. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's a ten out of twenty three for me. Uh, Guns and groceries. Yeah, uh, pretty low, but you know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. I I get where you're coming from. Um, Stephen, what about you? Uh, I gave this one a 16 out of 23. Oh. Um, you know, not 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 a real high rated episode, but I did kind of enjoy it more than I thought I would. Yeah, this is one of those kind of weird ones to remember back on, but but while watching it, I. I mean, I enjoyed some of the stuff on the island. The the sweat lodge thing was kind of weird, but there was a lot of comedy here, and um, I, I enjoyed the you know a lot of the Charlie and Locke interplay. I enjoyed you know Desmond's vision, you know, find, or you know the the Hurley Desmond stuff. So the the flashback was a little rough, but I, I think I re- I liked it better than I thought I remembered liking this flashback. So. Okay, it wasn't one of the best, but um, you know, wasn't horrible. I say that the worst episodes of Lost are better than you know most of the other stuff on TV. So I gave it a 16 out of 23. Well, yeah, it's, the thing is, this one is uh, <laughs> it's just hard because basically, you know, with my my little rant earlier, the the stuff that makes me so upset is like you had so much like potential here. Like this is the, you know, the, the finally we get to go back and see the lost losties at their camp and like get all this stuff revealed. And you go the route of like polar bear and like, I forgot how to talk. That just feels like a filler episode for like somewhere in the middle of the season. So it's just, it's hard for me to balance those two things. And I get what you're saying, Stephen, like, cause I actually was entertained during a lot of this episode. I, I thought a lot of it was funny. I thought I enjoyed a lot of the, like, you know, traipsing through the, the jungle and, and, uh, you know, Locke and, uh, Charlie back and forth. And I, I really enjoyed the, the Locke and echo scene where he, you know, apologizes, but yeah, you know, so I, I'm in the middle, uh, you know, as it often happens here, I'm, all right, this 14 out of 23 guns and groceries. That's just, yeah, it's hard to pinpoint. I couldn't go lower than fire plus water. I, 
which probably the episode with by that one probably actually has the worst vision, not this one, but uh, it's, uh, it's both rough. These are like pair. These are kind of like, you know, brother sister episodes. <laughs> OK, shall we uh, hit the, hit the uh, the ending discussion here, uh, Stephen? Absolutely here. So we got the unanswered questions. Uh, had a couple here. Did John join the commune before or after meeting Helen? Um, yeah, they just in, in general, the placement of this flashback is kind of confusing. It It is. I don't think it's ever answered, but I, I just have a feeling it was after he met Helen. Because I think he talked, I, I, I would have kind of guessed before. I don't know. Well, he talks to Eddie about how crappy his dad was, too, in the truck. And um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm that's what makes me think that it was after Helen. He doesn't say anything about his kidney, though, and you know he has to bring <laughs> right. it up. But he does seconds. say how, how bad his dad was, though, and how, how would he have known that if he never met his dad? I, I do like uh, when he says, you know, you know, I'm so grateful that I was able to leave behind all my anger. So that does kind of like show that, you know, because Helen helps him deal with some of those anger issues and maybe uh, – he went through a period of time where he did like do whatever anger counsel management counseling and like got through that and like ended up in this commune to escape that crap. So it's tough. Yeah. I don't know which way it could be. And they have him wear a hat the whole time. So we can't tell by his hair at all. I mean, not, I mean, his hair is the same, but no clues. That's true. This was actually this was actually Locke when he was 25. He's just uh, <laughs> I mean, he's he's just really old. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, all right. Well, the, the other unanswered question we got here is is why did Locke lose his voice? Why did why was he temporarily mute? I don't think we ever get an answer on that one, uh, other than shoddy storytelling, according to Corey. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, gotta agree. The, I, I gotta say, I kind of agree with you on that one there. Like, and it happens twice in the show. Like, I, I get it. I'm, I'm not gonna. What? But uh, it happens in a lot of shows. They do stuff like that where you lose your memory or your voice yeah. or whatever. Yeah, um, we, we lost gave us a, a, a some amnesia and a temporary muteness. So we covering all the bases. Oh yeah, I don't blame them. You know, it was like. <laughs> the 2000s that's where that happened in like every show uh, well maybe the maybe the hatch i don't know that would be my only explanation like did that like <laughs> the implosion sucked his voice out of him <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, all right sawyer's name dictionary uh no sawyer no nicknames uh no freckle count freckle count we're still suck at 16 um pop culture connections um, a- after building a sweat lodge, Locke goes on a vision quest. Um, vision quest being a rite of passage in some Native American cultures, maybe part of shamanism, more exactly the learning and initiation progress process of the apprentice for achieving the ability for shamanizing. Shamanism, <laughs> refers, <laughs> shamanism refers to a range of traditional beliefs and practices concerned with communication with the spirit world. Um, the Charlie mentions watching nature documentaries on the Beeb. The Beeb is a nickname for the British Broadcasting Company. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, this is kind of a funny one here. Charlie uh, said that he's heard that trees are great conversationalists. This is a winking reference to Dominic Monaghan's role in the movie Lord of the Rings, where his character spends time talking to Ents, a race of large sentient trees. Additionally, the scene in which John finds Echo's lost piece of jewelry is similar to a scene in the Two Towers in which Aragorn finds the pin which was dropped from by one of the hobbits. I say huh. I didn't make that I didn't make that connection, but it, that, it, that's yeah, kind of funny. That's pretty cool. Um, and we got some references to the Bible at the beginning of the episode when Echo's stick falls on John and he picks it up. We can see that it has lift up your eyes and look north, John 305, carved on it, which will come into play later in the season and help them find the flame station. Um, 
Mr. Echo Stick has also inscribed Romans six twelve, which is a reference um, to uh, let let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Um, so, so was yeah, the whole I, point? Sorry to interrupt. Uh, I think I figured out this episode. The whole point was that he needed to save Echo because Echo needed to die at the right spot so that when uh, Locke found the the stick, it would like put him point him in the right direction north. So that was that was the whole point of it. <laughs> so, that stick is very important to the rest it of the is. season. It, it, <laughs> uh, then we got "I Feel Like Going Home." Uh, that's the song when Locke is driving. Um, although this song has been recorded by Muddy Waters, this version is either by Corey Harris uh, or by the Whitley Brothers. Um, Altered states. Charlie says, "I'm going to stand out here in case you devolve into a monkey." which is a reference to the 1980 science fiction film in which the main protagonist takes tribal drugs and sensory deprivation, causing him to regress into a Neanderthal-like humanoid. And then uh, last, we got the Incredible Hulk. Hurley asked Desmond to see if he is going to turn into the Hulk since he was involved in the implosion of the hatch and all the effects it may have caused. The Hulk is a Marvel comic character created by Stanley and Jack Kirby in 1963. Because, of course, it would come from Hurley, who would ask that kind of thing. Because <laughs> nobody else would. Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, our next episode is Sawyer-centric, and uh, a pretty good Sawyer episode. Uh, so next next time is Every Man for Himself. We're going to learn about Clementine Phillips. And uh, quite a few others. So next time is uh, Every Man for Himself, Season 3, Episode 4. Um, we're going to get a lot of Sawyer. And uh, I'm interested in seeing how uh, how he reacts to um, Clementine. And, and, well, we'll just wait till next week and you'll find out. Or next time we'll find out. So anything else, guys, before we head out? Uh, that's we'll all I got. It. I got to hit the sweat lodge, guys. <laughs> oh, well, guys, this has been previously on Lost, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next time. So until then, peace out, stay safe, and get sweaty. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> uh, have a good one.